Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from Delta EE, the new energy experts. We'll be talking about how the energy transition is developing across Europe, with guests who are working at the leading edge of this transition. Hello and welcome to the episode, the last one of Series 5, but fear not, we're only taking a short break before coming back with Series 6. Today, we're going to continue the slightly global theme that we've been pursuing in this series. We've been to Japan, we've been to Australia, we've been around Europe as always, and today we're going to Bangladesh. And I'm particularly excited to be going to an emerging economy like Bangladesh, where we can explore the concept of leapfrogging. Now, leapfrogging is well known, uh, for example, going straight to mobile telephones instead of fixed line telephones. Can leapfrogging apply to energy? Well, it looks like it can. And my colleague, Nigel Timperley, uh, talked with Sebastian Grohl, Managing Director of ME SoulShare, a really interesting company in Bangladesh. So let's hear from Nigel. Hello there. Um, My name is Nigel Timperley of Delta EE. And I'd like to welcome Sebastian Grow of ME Solskjaer in Bangladesh. Welcome, Sebastian. Thanks, Nigel. Pleasure being here. Thanks. Um, well, let's dive straight in. Um, would you like to tell our listeners a little about how your company is using mobile money to support rollout of peer-to-peer energy solutions? in Bangladesh? Sure. Um, We kind of tapped uh, and surprised ourselves uh, when when I came the first time to Bangladesh uh, about uh, seven years ago. Um, I found that there's a huge mass of solar home systems, which are small solar systems which uh, um, electrify people who don't have access to electricity otherwise. And um, their best way of uh, electrification just happens to be a solar system. And um, at the same time, then uh, what developed over time is mobile money. And um, for instance, Bcash by now has 25 million customers here in Bangladesh. And at the same time, you have about 25 million people who use those solar home systems. It's not the same, but there's a great, great overlap. <laughs> it's, a, it's a coincidence, to be honest. I mean, I'm just stumbling about uh, the, the, the same number here as well. I mean, it's not a full overlap, obviously. But what is fair to say is that by now, almost every person in Bangladesh, it doesn't matter how remote, has in some way or the other access to mobile money. Because you don't need to have an account necessarily yourself. You can also just have a so-called agent and that only needs to be one person in the village. It's usually a person who has a small shop and he has a wooden table with a drawer. And this drawer are usually three, four phones uh, with different mobile money providers. And um, so what we did is we said, if people trade or exchange electricity door to door or peer to peer, as you said, it as a technical uh, form, is the question is, how do you do the settlement? So let's say we have the infrastructure in place, a meter which uh, goes in both directions and the people trade and you kind of find a way how to 
um, how to arbitrate this electricity flows in a, in a very efficient manner. And, um, but you still need to settle it. So we said mobile money is actually ideal for that because I cannot just go from house to house all the time and, and, and do the settlement. So even if I go only once, it'll make it very petty. And mobile money seems to be the logical solution because what we do is basically the meter doesn't show kilowatt hours, like ours probably do, Nigel, yours and mine. It shows yeah. money. It shows Taka, which is the local currency. So it's actually pretty slick. You have your meter, which is not somewhere in the cellar, but it's actually very prominent in your shop or in your house on the wall. And that mm. shows you an amount of money. And that amount can go up or down, depending whether you are using more energy than you produce or selling more uh, than you consume. So you're a prosumer in either way. You sometimes produce, you sometimes consume, and your balance can go up and down. And that balance is connected to your mobile money wallet, which effectively means if you go to the local bazaar and buy, let's say, a kg of rice, you can pay that with mobile money, which is not something very uncommon, but you can pay it now with mobile money, which your system, your solar system at home has earned you because it may be in the afternoon, 3 p.m., the sun is shining, your battery is full, and you automatically started selling. Wow, that's really clever. So, so does that, does that mean that the mobile money effectively replaces the, um, the national currency? Because people will just trade using their, the, the money they've accumulated, you know, assuming they're, assuming they're a net uh, yeah. seller of energy. Um, presumably, they can, they're now in credit, as you see, they can shop with it. That becomes the de facto money in the community. Um, I mean, it's interesting that you say that. We haven't gone that far, to be honest, and um, because it's still Taka on that meters, it's still Taka in that mobile money wallet. So it's not like that you trade something like energy credits and then for energy credits you buy rice. It's still right. in the normal national currency nomination. So it's, it's not a token or any of that kind. It's, it's still the money and um, it proves to be fine. Um, but that could obviously be a next step. Right, right, I see. Um, so, so, okay, so, um, and, 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 and what sort of acceptance do you get? Do you find that people find it intuitive or do, they, do you have to educate them with, you know, I mean, if you introduce some sort of industry terms there, such as settlement, well, you know, if I use the word settlement to an energy professional, they know what I'm talking about, but to just the average person in the street, <laughs> I suspect not. But do you find the concept is, is hard for people to get their head around or, 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 or not? Um, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's spot on. I mean, we definitely wouldn't use the word settlement ever. Um, right. And there's a lot of words I used in, uh, right now in, in a conversation with you, which, which we probably wouldn't, wouldn't use otherwise. Um, but you yeah. have to realize one thing. If you have 25 million people using solar, they know how solar energy works. Um, if you have the same degree of penetration for mobile money, they know how that works. So all that we did is we piggyback on two world records because they happen to be both world records. Um, both the, okay. the, the penetration of mobile money in Bangladesh as well as the penetration of solar home systems is the largest in the world. In solar home systems, it's even more than all other countries accumulated. If you think of a solar home system as, as, a, as a full system, un unlike a 
uh, a solar lantern, which is more a, a smaller, smaller lighting um, product. Um, so all we did is to basically integrate or combine those two world records. So both things people are very familiar with. Now, what they're not familiar with, and neither are we, by the way, is how do I change the mindset that electricity is something which is a given, which comes out of the plug, and that and now I'm speaking from, from, from our world, uh, where I'm used to be a passive consumer. Now, I think um, we have less problems in the communication because the people never had that feeling. They were never that passive. They, they already took kind of their fate in their own hands by investing their money into a solar home system and had to pay this every month. And they also knew like, okay, what is the size and how much does it produce me? And they also know, okay, if I have more efficient appliances, I can watch TV lay, uh, longer in the night or can, can do whatever, whatever I want. So there is, I think in terms of when we call, when you use another word, energy literacy, those people in terms of literacy, in terms of how, how solar power works, how energy efficiency plays out are probably much more literate than we are. And that is very important. Mm, that's very interesting. Yes, I hadn't really thought of it like that. But you're right. There's, you know, the, I suppose the average Western energy user simply has to have need have no knowledge at all of what goes on beyond the socket. Um, so exactly. Quite, that, that's what I yeah. meant. What is what is yeah. difficult, Nigel? Just to 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 finish that point is still going to the people and telling them, hey, look, now you can earn money from your system. That is a big jump. That is something which is really hard to get across. And there's a very specific reason for that. And that is the people have always lived under constraints. And constraints means I have a 50 watt peak panel. If I use too much, I go dark. So if you tell someone yeah. now, hey, now you can sell, the first reaction is fear. And why fear? Because fear of not having enough. And now you're asking me to sell? That doesn't make any sense. No. And then it's for me in the beginning was counterintuitive. No, you can make money. No, I don't want to make money. I want to have power. So that's mm. something we had to learn for a long time that before through the interconnection of individual systems, as long as we cannot guarantee a certain service uptime, we'll never get someone to sell power. So it's not like that I switch on and say, okay, now you're interconnected with your neighbor and now start selling. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. You have to grow the platform and you have to gain the trust. Right, right, that's interesting. But, um, so um, you've got this more energy aware uh, market, but there's psychological issues to do with the whole concept of trading itself. The, the, the storage, you know, you've talked about fear there and the fear of not having enough. Does storage play a part in that or is, is the storage not part of this story? I think that's the most remarkable thing. And again, I'm trying to build that bridge. If we look into the Western world, we're all waiting for, you know, the next uh, power walls to go out and all trying to get mm -hmm. storage into the houses. When I say 5 million solar home systems, I don't say 5 million solar uh, PV panels. I say systems, which means these 5 million are also 5 million batteries in the houses. Which Gosh. country has 5 million batteries in 5 million households? That's a very rare thing. So it, it, it's all designed. It comes as a system. That means 
we are in our platforms, there's not only a massive amount of generation units, but also of storage units. Right. That, that, that's remarkable. Um, do, do you want, I mean, it's, one thing that does come out of your story very much um, is, you know, as you said yourself, you, you've sort of piggybacked on some existing phenomena, you know, the existence of Bcash and, and this sort of proliferation of solar. Uh, does does that tie your business model to Bangladesh alone, or, or do you have plans to expand elsewhere? We have plans, um, but uh, there was a reason why we started out in Bangladesh because of those uh, piggybacking on the world uh, records. And um, yeah. what we said, we first want to fully figure out uh, the model here before we go elsewhere. We did some early experiments in uh, some of the eastern states of India. Um, where we uh, did not integrate with mobile money uh, yet, but it already makes it a little bit less, uh, uh, let's say, elegant, the model. But we also yeah. observe that mobile money becomes more and more the norm, at least in the global south, in, in, in the emerging markets. So I think that will play strongly in our favor. Um, so yes, there is certain dependencies, but um, you know the business model as a platform has a lot of flexibility um, and complexity that usually comes with it. Um, so we are looking into models where we could maybe uh, not need to use uh, mobile money. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so, so how is there a place there? I have to ask this. In the, is there a place there for say cryptocurrencies? Um, we were toying with that, and I mean, you hinted it already in the beginning when you said it's you you make it uh, redundant of the national currency. We have to be a little mm. bit careful, um, especially here in Bangladesh. Cryptocurrency is one of the very few countries in the world where crypto is uh, not allowed. Um, so we we were toying with the idea of of developing a token, so that basically that people in the in the global north, in the west, and uh, in the countries could save electricity in their houses or generate electricity with their PV panels and then as a donation program basically as, as a solidarity token, so SOL token, it plays nicely with SOL share and, 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 and our acronym there, um, could yeah. then send electricity or the equivalent of electricity in terms of, of, of monetary units to Bangladesh into a village through a token and could see how that electricity uh, would be used uh, in a completely different context. Um, we wanted to do that because it's. I think it's a great awareness. What does it actually mean if I consume maybe 10% less per month? And how much is this 10% I consume less, let's say in a household in New York? What does it mean in a village in Bangladesh? How much can a village run on my 10% savings? And I thought this, this is a very interesting uh, experiment. And unfortunately, it stayed an experiment because the token is also not fully allowed here, that so we would need to um, do the tokens through Singapore. So it's still, it's still in our minds, but we haven't really, uh, uh, we haven't really uh, implemented it yet. But I still think it's a very interesting notion and idea, which maybe one day, or hopefully not too far from now, we'll implement that. No, that's that's really interesting. It would be really interesting to hear more about that if when if when you do that. Um, well, it it sounds uh, it sounds a fascinating project. I mean, 
what do you want to sort of wrap up by giving us a sense of you know now what you know where where your what your current status is and perhaps what the next couple of years might hold for um, ME SolShare? Sure. I mean, we're now, so what we found is that uh, you need to be able to provide the people with a service which is as good or better, definitely in terms of service capabilities, than the national grid. Um, in South Asia, both Bangladesh and India, the national grid is expanding very fast, so you have to be at par with that uh, so that uh, the people are happy with your solution. So um, we are launching a new version of our Solbox, which will be a lot more powerful than the, than the previous version, um, where we believe we do a leapfrog in terms of service capability so that you can basically run anything you would also run uh, with the national grid. That's one thing. And we're also developing a scheme for the people who have a solar home system and the national grid, how to make this complementary and how to allow the people to feed in, not from an individual system, because that probably doesn't make economic sense, but how can we pool multiple very small systems and feed, then have a community PPA, if you, if you want to call it like this, and jointly feed that in. And again, we do the settlement for them. And it's, it will be again with mobile money. I think it's a very elegant model. So these are things we are looking into, um, which we are developing, and um, uh, I think that's 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 pretty exciting because it's it's again millions of people, um, and we're very much looking forward to that. Yes, I'm, I'm not surprised. Well, thanks very much for your time today, Sebastian. That's been a really fascinating insight into your project. Um, it's quite inspiring, actually. And uh, yeah, um, we'd like to wish you every success with it. Thanks very much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Nigel. So, Nigel, that was absolutely fascinating to hear from Sebastian about what Emmy Sorshare is doing in Bangladesh. Um, there's three points I'd like to talk with you about in relation to what they're doing. First is the, the sheer size of the market. I mean, it was staggering to hear how much PV and how many batteries are deployed in Bangladesh. Yeah, absolutely. It was just insane. I, 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 you know, there's a tendency when you talk to a company, you, you set it in context of the companies you know, and, and, and you, you know, I've seen this movie before, that kind of thing. You talk to Solskjaer, you realize Bangladesh is, is 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 a really exciting market and i'm sitting there thinking how don't i know this stuff how how i mean and of course inevitably should start thinking about other markets of similar size yeah or, yeah exactly and i think it's our well whether arrogance is the right word or blinkered view in in europe or developed economies um, yeah. that we're not taking up enough notice of markets and like bangladesh in terms of their size and in terms of their innovation yeah, and in terms of their opportunity, um, you know, we're, 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 you know, we talk a lot in the West, naturally, in saturated Western markets about whether um, energy businesses should be pivoting to new models, and rightly so. So, you know, here at Delta, we, we, we've done a lot of work on connected home, for instance, flexibility, uh, storage, and, and the opportunities that presents. EVs, of course, huge opportunity. But here, here's another new market just somewhere else you know you've got a company a country there that's that's booming with a huge energy role and um and who, who who's dealing with that who's looking at that in the west are there other countries other markets like that that we should be looking at and saying 
hey, there's, there's an opportunity over there that um, Western energy businesses could be getting involved with. And it's moving so fast, both in the number, the, the rate of PV and battery installations, but you were telling me separately that the grid is also being rolled out quite quickly there. So you might think that's going to kill the, the ME Soul share business model, but it's fascinating to hear Sebastian talk about how they're adapting to complementing the grid and working with the grid. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pivoting. Um, uh, he's um, agreed a, a sandbox with the regulator where um, uh, the ME Soul share model is going to be um, pivoted to provide flexibility to the grid, working hand in hand together. So now they've got this enormous resource on the ground, they can start to leverage it to make the grid work more effectively. Um, the second point we had, you've touched on already, uh, the, the size of these markets and compared to, and the growth in these markets compared to saturated Western markets. But you've got a good joke, haven't you, Nigel, that uh, helps around <laughs> that point, go on. It's a a very old joke and some of our listeners may have heard it, but the the idea is two American businessmen jump on a plane to some small African state. Uh, They both happen to work for shoe businesses selling shoes and and they get there and the two salesmen, they're both salesmen, get off the plane, have a look around, see what's going on. And they both independently notice that uh, the locals don't wear shoes. And the first guy, he's so disappointed, and he he, he just picks up the phone and he, he phones back to uh, you know New York and goes, "Gee, guys, it was a wasted trip. You know, nobody here wears shoes. I'm just going to jump on the first plane right home." And so he does. The other guy looks at it completely differently. He picks up the phone and says, "Hey, guys, nobody here's got any shoes. Send them triploads as soon as you can." <laughs> and. And I wonder if that might be true in some of these emerging markets. You know, yeah, the infrastructure. It's a dated joke, isn't it? It's a dated <laughs> joke, but the point, uh, in, in many ways, uh, maybe not 100% politically correct, but the point I think is is quite clear that these are a growing markets. There, I mean, if you look at general investing, uh, emerging markets have gone up and down as investment propositions over mm. over the last years, but the trajectory is very clear. Um, yeah, and actually, and, another way that joke falls down is actually, will the best solutions be found in developing countries rather than developed countries? So, use that shoe analogy. Will the better shoes be made in uh, in this small African country? In your your joke, and uh, be sold back to America? It, it, indeed, just like shoes themselves are themselves now manufactured in Asia more than they're manufactured in Europe. Um, so yeah. yes, the developing markets may have the last laugh, and it, it, you know if we if we look at what uh, Sebastian and his team are doing, you know it's incredibly innovative, and um, it, it, they've they've built this platform on the ground and they're now leveraging it in in novel ways, and really they're doing something that is is very intuitive for for their for their customers. You know they don't talking kilowatt hours you know, the meters displaying money that they're engaging with customers and then building flexibility on top of that maybe that's a model that that might work and can be exported back here for instance similar so yeah that's a well, third just, point isn't it that yeah can we can we bring what 
can we bring back? What can we learn from this? Uh, is it portable? Yeah. Can it be dropped to other markets? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, it's very easy to look at a market like Bangladesh and think, OK, well, there's some really special factors apply there, you know, massive PV rollout and, and then the existence of Bcash, which is rather like M-Pesa in Africa. It's a, a mobile uh, money service, which which they've been able, which ME SolShare have been able to leverage. Um, so it's very easy to say, OK, well, that's exceptional circumstances. But, you know, I'm back with my shoes, Joe. OK. We don't have that, so they could look at us and say, well, it doesn't apply there. Or they could say, well, yeah, but we have got in the West lots of emerging um, cashless cash. OK, you know, I pay. I don't use cash anymore. I pay for, you know, uh, I pay for my um, cash, for cash with my mobile phone and my credit card is on my mobile phone. Could you leverage could you leverage that technology to be the mobile cash? Could the model be ported back? but in a different way that makes sense in, in Western markets. The other thing I loved was uh, the display on the meter. They're not displaying kilowatt hours, they're displaying money. Yeah, and I, know, uh, yeah. I know we're, you know, there's lots of work in, in Europe looking at in-home displays, at apps. People are now sort of starting to focus on, oh, actually, people don't care about kilowatt hours, they care about their budget and their monthly spend. But I yeah. love the simplicity of of how they're engaging with their customers. Yeah, there's there's a clarity in the conversation. You know, it's it feels like that old thing. You know, don't automate, obliterate. You know, we spent so long trying to explain bills to customers. These guys just <laughs> don't even have them. Right? You know? yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, no, it's 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 a it's a challenging model. It you know, the circumstances on the ground are clearly very very different but it challenges some of our basic assumptions and i I've, i found it yeah really thought provoking yeah yeah well nigel thanks for uh speaking with sebastian and talking through those observations just now um it's been um a bit of a, a global trip in the last series we've been to japan australia bangladesh and i think we'll continue the global theme particularly with some of these emerging markets uh, in the next series and or series. So thank you everyone for listening. That's the last episode in the, the current series, but fear not if you've made it through this series into the end of this episode, then you'll be delighted to hear that we're taking a short break of just two or three weeks and we'll be back with you for the next series then. As always, thanks for, for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Give us some feedback if you've got ideas or suggestions and speak with you soon. Goodbye. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then please keep in touch. You can follow us and me on Twitter, LinkedIn, or subscribe to the podcasts on your chosen podcast platform. If you like the podcast and like sharing, then please do rate us. And to listen to archived episodes, to read transcripts, and to see the latest Delta EE insights, then please visit www.delta-ee.com.